From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday the 16th of November. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about the missile strike that hit Poland last night, as well as discussing three other important news stories from around the world today and discussing just why Trump's 2024 run is going to be a lot harder for the former president. But first, the missile explosion in Poland. Yesterday, it was reported that a missile had hit a village in Poland, a member of NATO, near the country's border with Ukraine, killing two Polish citizens and prompting NATO and G7 leaders to convene an emergency meeting. As the news broke, attention turned to the key question. Was this the work of Russia or had the missile come from Ukraine? Initially, it appeared that the former may be the case. The Associated Press, citing a senior US intelligence official, reported that Russian missiles had hit Poland. But questions then turned to whether it actually was a Russian missile that hit. And if it was... Was it an accident or a deliberate escalation? Now, Russia almost immediately denied the reports, describing them as a deliberate provocation aimed at escalating the situation, adding that no strikes on targets near the Ukrainian-Polish state border were made by Russian means of destruction. It didn't take long for amateur detectives on Twitter to start throwing accusations about, but the first substantive attribution of the attack came from the Polish foreign ministry, who confirmed that two Polish citizens had been killed following a missile strike by Russian-produced missiles. The terminology they used was important, though. At this stage, it was clear to them that the missiles were at least produced by Russia, but not necessarily fired by them. After all, Ukraine is known to have S-300 air defense systems, systems developed by the former Soviet Union. And that brings us to the next question. Was this a missile fired by Ukraine that went off course for some reason? Well, Ukraine's foreign minister denied that it was a Ukrainian air defense missile and claimed that it was a conspiracy theory being promoted by Russia. However, late last night, the Associated Press reported that three US officials speaking on condition of anonymity said that preliminary assessments suggested that the missile had been fired by Ukrainian forces aiming at incoming Russian missiles. And this aligns with comments from US President Joe Biden, who said that it was unlikely to have been fired from Russia due to its trajectory, adding that a complete investigation was needed. Reuters then reported that a NATO source said that Biden had told NATO allies that the missile was a Ukrainian air defense missile. Now, Poland, the country on the receiving end of this missile, convened a national security meeting and put some of its military units on a heightened state of readiness in response to the attack. Poland's president then said around midday today that the blast had very likely been caused by a Ukrainian air defense missile in what appeared to be an unfortunate accident. Belgium's foreign minister also said that the current information points towards this same conclusion. NATO's chief confirmed that an investigation is ongoing, but the incident was likely caused by a Ukrainian air defense missile fired with the intention of intercepting Russian strikes. Stoltenberg then went on to say that it should be clear that this is not Ukraine's fault. 
Russia bears ultimate responsibility as it continues its illegal assault on Ukraine. Regardless, Poland's president had earlier stated that the country would likely request consultations under Article 4 of NATO's military alliance. Now, it's important to note that Article 4 is not Article 5, which allows for collective self-defense, stating that an attack on one member is an attack on all. But at the time of writing, it's being reported that Warsaw will no longer be requesting Article 4 consultations. So, as things stand, NATO believes that the incident was the result of a Ukrainian air defense missile gone astray. And the head of NATO has already praised members for reacting in a well-coordinated way, and added that the response was about being calm and preventing any unnecessary escalation. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day. But there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. In a speech at his Mar-a-Lago residence in Florida last night, former President Donald Trump announced that he would be running again to be the President of the United States. Trump took to the stage to a revolutionary tune from the musical Les Miserables and told his gathered supporters and staff that he was indeed running for president in 2024 in order to make America great and glorious again. His hour-long speech stuck to the usual script, though. He boasted about his record as president, attacked his successor Joe Biden, but notably didn't spend all that long talking about the 2020 election. Now, while Trump cruised through the Republican nomination process in 2020 without any real challenger, he shouldn't expect things to be quite as easy this time round. With less than impressive midterm election results, and as the subject of a number of ongoing investigations, Republicans might be starting to wonder if Trump is really the right man for 2024. As such, all eyes are on Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is now likely to be the former president's main rival, though others are sure to put their names forward soon as well. Trump did address these concerns in his speech, saying that the Republicans could not afford to nominate a politician or conventional candidate if they wanted to win. Ultimately, this will be Trump's third run for the presidency, and if he wins the Republican nomination and subsequent election, he would only be the second US president in history to be elected for two non-consecutive terms. Now, there's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make The Daily Briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us in your podcast app of choice to listen along. Next up, Luiz Inacio Lula da Silva has travelled to the COP27 climate summit in Egypt for his first international trip since winning the Brazilian presidential election. Lula, who won't take office until the 1st of January 2023, is seeking to boost his country's environmental credibility after four years of Bolsonaro, who refused to host the 2019 COP summit in Brazil, and who's overseen record levels of deforestation in the Amazon rainforest. President-elect Lula, who served two presidential terms in the 2000s already, is expected to deliver a message proclaiming that Brazil is back in the fight against climate change. In fact, his presidential campaign saw him pledge to ramp up environmental protections in Brazil and work more with international partners. Unfortunately for Lula, he's been criticized for traveling to the summit in Egypt via a private jet owned by a multi-millionaire businessman. 
A former minister described it as a careless mistake that should have been avoided. Although a member of his team has since said that Lula is only the president-elect and not the president. And as such, he doesn't have access to the government's aircraft yet. Next up, and bringing it here to the UK. New figures out today show that inflation in Britain is continuing to surge. According to the Office for National Statistics, the main statistical body in the UK, annual inflation in October rose to 11.1%, up from 10.1% in September, and way, way up from the 2% that the Bank of England is mandated to hit. The ONS specifically remarked that without the energy price cap brought in by Liz Truss, annual inflation would have surged even higher to 13.8%. In any case, the 11.1% figure marks the highest inflation figure recorded by the UK since October 1981, 41 years ago. And even then, the headline figure hides a pretty bad broader picture. Food and non-alcoholic beverage prices rose 16.2% in the 12 months to October, the highest figure since September 1977. Break down these figures further into income groups and you'll find even worse news. With the least off income brackets, seeing inflation touching 16%. Finally then, in some more uplifting news. After two previously aborted launch attempts, NASA's most powerful rocket ever has lifted off and is heading to the moon. The Artemis mission is unmanned, but if everything goes to plan, then future missions in coming years will see NASA ferry humans to the moon for the first crewed lunar landings since Apollo 17 in 1972. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but if you want to see our discussion of why 2024 will be a lot harder for Trump than 2020 was, then check out the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing only on Nebula. That's because Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've just watched entirely ad-free, but they also get an extended version of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on their podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive briefing every day, then you'll want to sign up. And there's some good news, because our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the world's best documentaries, is offering you a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR over on Nebula, including the extended version of the briefing, other fully exclusive TLDR videos, and as always, it's ad-free. You can click the link in the description to get both services for less than $15 a year. And of course, you'll also be supporting the channel.